You are listening to audio from the Decidedly Podcast. This episode is a highlight clip from this week's full episode. To listen in on the complete conversation, see the show notes for the link to the complete show. You can help us out by leaving us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. We appreciate every bit of your support. I'm Morgan McKittrick, your producer, and this is Decidedly. But I think we would want anyone who's running a business to ask the question, you know, there's the old question, WWJD, what would Jesus do? And Dallas Willard had this great idea. He said, maybe the better question is, what would Jesus do if he was doing my job today? If he wasn't a carpenter. (laughs) If he wasn't a carpenter. So what would Jesus do? It might involve carpentry. What would Jesus do? Well, if he encountered someone who is sick, being all God and perfectly man, he might heal them. Or if they were hungry, feed them. But I, I don't have those same uh, abilities. So he asked that he reverses. Says, "What would Jesus do if he was doing my job and my situation at my company today?" And that yeah. can start to lead every one of us to our own having a Christian why behind my what I do, and what, think about a Christian how behind what I do. What's an example of how you've seen that question change someone's approach or thinking? There's. Well, can I give you a personal one from a really yeah, unlikely environment? I put myself through seminary waiting tables. And I was waiting tables, and I, and I don't know about the two of you, but I'm not one of those guys that has the regular sense of hearing the audible voice of God. This isn't my normal experience. I think God leads me at different times of life. But there is this one day in the restaurant where I felt like uh, I was kind of setting up, I was putting out silverware and they, and uh, on people on the different tables in the restaurant in other waiters sections. And I was kind of being sloppy about it. I just, uh, I left some lipstick on one of the glasses, no big deal. Who cares? But when I got over to my section and I set the same silver out of my section, it was all straight. It looked nice. I made everything look good. And there was a real selfishness. There was a self-interested, there was a lack of hospitality. I just wasn't caring for people well. And I heard real strongly and all you do do it all to the glory of God, to the glory of me. I had this sense of like, wait a minute, even setting tables and even waiting, even waiting tables can be done in a way that might worship God or serve my other fellow waiters and ultimately serve people in this restaurant. Super small example happened to me. And so this is a change now. This is a change in my perspective. So I started actually thinking about waiting tables as something that was very important to God, that was an opportunity to love the men and women I waited tables with who became my friends and to love the guests who came into our place needing a date and a conversation after a stressful week, wanting to have an evening of celebration and hospitality. I started all of these things sort of just changing my perspective on it. And it just comes from, well, what's a distinctly Christian why behind you? What behind why you'd wait tables? How does that inform the how? behind how I waited tables and it started to change things for me. And that's waiting tables. That's before we get to real estate. That's before we get to public school teaching, before we get to any other things. It could be applied to any of our situations in work. Maybe some roles require less creative thinking to draw that line. Um, But it's always possible unless what you're doing is directly sinful. Yeah. Yeah. There's some jobs for which this is really easy. I mean, you're a nurse. And like over and over again, you are voted the most trusted profession through Pew Research data that comes out every two years. Everybody loves and trusts nurses. Like there's certain professions for which that would be a little bit easier. 
But I, so, I do think that every single one of us can do this, have a, have a kingdom-based perspective on why we do and how we do our job. How do you help people get to the answer of their own why? Uh, we discussed the first part, which is we eliminate that divide between the secular and sacred. Certain things are important to God, other things are less. Okay, that's a, that's a, that's a minimum. We've got to do that. So my work counts. Second, we, we try to help people realize that their work itself is important to God, not just the product of their work, which is to make money, to be generous, or to build relationships to talk about Jesus. Yes, be generous. Yes, when given the opportunity to share the gospel, but the work itself is important to God because he purposed people for work. We can read about this Genesis 1 and 2. So we eliminate that divide. We help people. Oh, you, so, so you're saying you're saying the work work it, work itself. Yes, is is part of what is God's plan for us? Not specifically this work. You know, selling shoes or selling. It, or it's not them. just an instrument. Okay. to get to right. the to get to the other things that are really important to God, right? Okay, generosity important to God? Absolutely. Uh, naming Jesus when people have spiritual questions important to God? Absolutely. Those are not the only thing that's important to God about your work. He actually doesn't, he wants you to be really excellent at your craft. He wants you to be serving others. He wants you to build relationships, create work environments through management that creates the flourishing of other people. Make excellent profits so you can raise the wages of other people who you're employing. There's a number of other things that can honor people and honor God. And so we're trying to get people towards getting away from that, that view of uh, my work is just the means to the really important spiritual end. The other thing though, is when you start practicing it, it's not just words that are kind of written on the wall up here as a slogan or a metaphor, pausing to recognize that God is with me, bringing uh, a practicing confession in terms of the ways that I fall short of loving God and loving others, pushing back against some of the ways that my workplace is shaping and forming my sense of my identity outside of Christ. We, we, what are some spiritual practices in terms of listening, silence, solitude, simplicity, generosity, uh, intentional loving acts towards people who don't know Jesus? These are all spiritual practices that when practiced over time, build us into the type of people that more deeply honor God and others. I mean, this is, it's no different than a, uh, if you think about any sport, you don't show up and you're not great. You practice your way into a career of being elite in that sport. It's the same type of thing. Tell me about confession as a practice in business. The one thing that I bring to every environment that I'm in is myself. So I'm not a perfect father. I'm not a perfect husband, not a perfect friend, not a perfect employer or employee. And so when I recognize that there's brokenness, or sin in any one of those environments. The act of confession just starts with a realization, God cares about this too. This is, there's no such thing as a spiritual life. All of this together, parenting, friendships, relationships, my work, my hobbies, it's all of my life before God. So it's recognizing all of those. But confession doesn't get me any more forgiveness than I already had. I've been entirely forgiven in Jesus already. Confession just puts me in relationship with that reality and says, God, it's thank you for forgiving me for my shortcomings. Help me to become a, a different type of leader, a different type of boss. So I think it's an act of humility. I think it's an act of courage and it's an act of uh, committing myself to spiritual growth within my professional life. Does that sound like way out there to Jesus-y? You can shoot straight. No, I'm. you're, you're in a work environment where you're the, the mission of the organization is yeah. to 
is to honor God. I get paid um, to be good. Yeah, yeah. So if you're in a, how do you apply that same thing to that same concept to a company that you know is a, making widgets? Uh, I think this is why. Back to our previous conversation, having a clear Christian why and a clear Christian how behind my job is really important because that becomes now a north star for me to be thinking: What are my commitments I'm making to God in this work? Beyond just the job description, beyond just the widget making, what are the commitments I'm making to God? And if I'm falling short of those in some ways, I want that to I want that to be really clear between Jesus and I that like I I I I want more from that. So if you haven't done that work of having a, an integration of my faith and my work, then confession in the workplace yeah. makes no sense. Why not just go out and do what's the most uh, I win, you lose business practice that's out there, right? If, if the yeah. bottom line is just fiscal, yeah. you know, if it's just a financial bottom line and it's all pure competition and I win, you lose is the end sum game, that's going to have a different set of practices. But if it's who that, I am. That is the, the standard set of practices in countries and in cultures that don't have a Christian foundation or, you, least, or you know, and maybe not exclusively Christian, but at least have a, uh, a, a an atheistic foundation. I mean, the Chinese business culture is I win, you lose. I think it's because they don't have God. I think though, yes, and saying I think I win, you lose is inside of me a little bit too. So here I work for this company. It's a not this organization. It's a nonprofit, explicitly Christian mission. But what happens if we're financially tight towards the end of the year? And I know that there's another nonprofit in town that's doing really well. And do I feel jealous towards that? Like, dang, I think it exists. I win, you lose is not just a them. It's an inside of all of us that we have to pay attention to. Sure, and that's it's what a, confession looks at. Yeah, it's a human struggle. I mean, selfishness yes. is a sin. And as humans, we are inclined to sin. But God gives you the ability to understand that. And God gives you the ability to notice it as a sin and to avoid it. And in cultures and environments where they don't have that, they just well, embrace I, I it. I think it also it may be less selfishness and more short-sightedness. I, I, th- I think if you look at operating in a I win, you lose structure, then I, then I win now, but yes. I don't win long-term. Correct. If, if I play win-win, then, then I can win long-term. And so that's ultimately what's best for me. But if I'm short-sighted, I'm just going to take advantage of it right now and then, and then try and move on. Thanks for making the great decision to listen in to this week's episode highlight. If you want more of what you just heard, see the show notes for the full episode. As always, for the latest decision-making tips, find us on decidedlypodcast.com or on Instagram at decidedlypodcast. And be sure to sign up for our weekly newsletter from the link in the show notes. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review as well. We read all of your comments, so if you learned some decision-making tips today, let us know. Until next time, this is Decidedly. Insights, advice, and comments provided by Sean Smith, Sanger Smith, and speakers identified as part of the Decidedly podcast should not be considered recommendations. Speakers not identified as members of Decidedly are expressing their opinion, and their statements should not be construed as reflecting the views of the Decidedly team. This podcast is produced solely for informational purposes, not personalized advice.